Today we're talking hot dogs, Corvettes, and Frankenstein's bulimic daughter. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That music is the Silicon Valley theme because this is the Silicon Valley After Show here on After Buzz TV, guys. Uh, my name is Jeff Graham. Thank you so much for. Oh, and there's oh, the credits. And we mix it up. And we mix it we up. Gotta do a DJ remix. Marissa <laughs> asked in the booth. This was this is on my own. By, yeah. Uh, shout me out, Marissa. Who are we uh, listening to? What artist? This is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Old Man Saxon featuring Mount Sinai. They do some deep cuts on the Silicon Valley. Sure they do. It's one of my favorite things about the show. Um, of course, the show is Silicon Valley, guys. We're talking about it here on the After Show. Uh, my name is Jeff Graham. If you guys want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. We have a new panelist today who I'd love to introduce first. This is Brand Pitvinick. Yes. Brand, where can the people find you online if they'd like to I'm find you? I'm at Brand Pitvinick, or you can Perfect. go to whymnot.com. Yes. You can get everything connected. Um, we're excited to have you. Brand's a big well, unscripted you. producer, so you definitely know TV. So I know TV. Him. Yes, absolutely. I know how little I know in TV. Yes. That's a, the more accurate <laughs> phrase. And of course, we have Nate. Back again. You can find me on uh, social media at doglikenate, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, and I'm Christian Blatt. I'm not a hot dog, and you can find me at <laughs> Christian DMZ. Oh, man, not a hot dog. So much fun. I loved this episode, personally. Um, I'm interested to hear what you guys thought of... Episode four of season four of Silicon Valley. Before we dive into coverage. well, let's be polite and start with our guests. Yes, what did you thought. think of this episode? Uh, I thought this actually was the first cohesive episode mm. they've done this year. I think the first three episodes were getting to a place where they could have fun with the characters mm-hmm. and not have to use their plot armor to mm-hmm. like just move the story around where they could actually start going forward. So I actually really enjoyed it. I laughed out loud a couple of times, so that was good. Great. What about you? What about you? Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, the one thing I realized, especially that one scene where they're all, when Richard just comes back and they're all like, you know, talking about their day and stuff, you really get a sense of like how they can interact with each other and their chemistry. And also, especially with Jin Yang this episode, so much of these characters from the beginning have just been like their types, Mm -hmm. which fits the role comedically. And it's great. But now they're almost becoming like people and they're mm-hmm. they're doing things that are funny not just because of their you know comedic trope but because of the situation and just the dialogue and it's just it's really fun to watch that's a good point I thought this was a great episode because it was a great Jin Yang episode uh, we got to see some more from our friend Big Head and uh, the only thing missing Russ Henneman my favorite character but yeah. other than that I think it had everything this episode yeah I thought this was a great episode too it kind of had that feeling of we're settling in I feel like in the middle of season uh, in the middle of Silicon Valley seasons there's kind of those episodes where Nothing new is necessarily introduced or nothing huge, but we just kind of are moving along. And I think, like you said, Brent, really mining the comedy of the characters. We can focus on that more. Well, I think also what they've done well is they've got a little bit of the Seinfeld-esque character Mm. that they've layered over that, where the the plot lines of the individual episodes take a back seat to the understanding that the audience, you know of the characters and you Mm. want to see the interaction. And that's a lot of potential moving forward of what the show can become when you have that much connection to the characters and how they interact. Yeah, I mean, it's a great point because Dinesh didn't have that much to do in this episode but the whole time he's paranoid about his girlfriend oh, spying on I him am. and he's like and he's like, she'd never do that. But if you're watching, I love you, me. Right. <laughs> so I thought that was great. That was some great work for Dinesh. Yeah, the whole subplot and, is yeah. gonna be, it's gonna go somewhere fantastic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I liked the Wi-Fi wifey word yeah. that we had yeah. in the middle of that. It was really funny. Um, Really, this was a traditional A plot, B plot episode, which I feel like up until now we've had like A plot, B plot, C plot. It's been pretty busy. Any plot. Just let's figure it out. Yeah. We need a new plot. It's what do we do? It's been very busy. So it was kind of nice to slow down a bit. And I think I want to start by talking about, to me, the A plot, which was Jin Yang's seafood app. 
Um, we mm. really got to dive into the complex dynamics of what he's developed. Have you guys already Googled to see if there is a Shazam for food? I did want I to see if there was it. one. and yeah. uh, It feels I, like there should be. There should be, yeah. and I feel like there will be one now. I don't right. know if you believe There's that. one, but if you look it up, all I can do is identify pasta and not pasta. So that's Oh, but that's uh, that's more useful than hot dog not That's hot true. Dog, so. um, they did that thing on Bill Nye where the guy who's blind built that camera phone uh-huh. that can like look at things and tell you what it is. Oh, that's So there's cool. precedent there. Nice. Right. You just have to get, you know. Like, I just need to know just if gotta it's get a hot the research dog. I want to know if it's all beef. I want to know if it's kosher. Like, that's all I need. This was such a funny way. I mean, we knew that the app wasn't going to work because, like, it wouldn't be the show <laughs> if the app worked. Right. But I thought this was such a funny way because technically the app did work. What did you guys think of this development of the hot dog, not hot dog Shazam food app? What were your reactions? I mean, I thought that uh, I thought it was very funny, and of course, the fact that Ehrlich not being able to resist the urge to take a picture of his own <laughs> hot dog, of course, ends up. You know, getting Jin Yang most of four million dollars. So, you know, he should really be thanking him. But uh, like I said, it was great for Jin Yang because of the fact that this guy who he barely tolerates and just insults him all the time. You know, he just kind of got a much he got an upper hand on him very clearly. But what was really interesting is they haven't done that a lot in these shows, and I find that HBO shows don't do this this sort of classic throwback comedy callback, Mm -hmm. right? It was a long play for that joke. Yeah. They they tossed it out in the beginning when he when he did the no hot dog thing. That joke played on its own, and you thought that was it, that Jing Yang just didn't understand, and so you thought that was the end of it. And so to call back to it and have the whole episode sort of circle around is classic comedy writing. And you don't see that a lot in these types of shows, particularly on HBO, because they want to be so clever and new and nuanced yeah. because, hey, we're on HBO – that usually they leave some of these these this is like comedy gold and it works it's that classic style and I, like when it started to come back around with the hot dog thing you're like oh my god that was that's what made that so great it was a great turn um, did any of you guys catch the other callback in this episode there was a very brief one I don't know if I did. There was the Tavs versus the Seven Spaces callback. Did yeah. you know what? Where he said I won't hire him because he uses Tavs. And he said it yes. so like offhandedly. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciate. Yeah, I think the great thing about callbacks in a show like this is it really rewards loyal viewers, well, and um, it's a nice yeah. wink, definitely to fans. It's it's all. I mean, call, the best thing about this show, and which I mean, the best thing about comedy overall is timing. Mm-hmm. It's all about timing. Right. And this show's timing is just impeccable. Yeah. And the callback is just like a perfect yeah they did a good job of it just the way they pull it off by the way how could you possibly hire someone who does spaces instead of tabs obviously you need to tab so I'm with Richard I want to go back to Jin Yang really quick and just the way that he presents it initially (laughs) with with, and like he's so proud he's like I did it I really did it and then she asks him she's like so that's it it just says no and no hot dogs (laughs) no no and no hot dog it's (laughs) both yeah Yeah, it's like you're missing you're missing you're missing the the point it's also not hot dog yeah Um, well this was pretty brilliant. This was a nice way to tie in Jin Yang's subplot with Nelson Baghetti teaching at Stanford. <laughs> Did you guys see... Well, first of all, let's talk about Big Head's curriculum. Of course, we kind of wondered... We talked about this last week. We had Big Head in the studio. We had, if you haven't seen it, we had uh, Josh Brenner in the studio who plays Big Head on the show. But, um, of course, as a teacher, classic teacher, if he only shows movies, 
Um, he shows both Tron and then maybe the new Tron. <laughs> well, that was the, he didn't realize there was another Tron, right. so yeah. he that thought he could get him another Tron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. So, they go, yeah. both Trons? He goes, no, Tron. Tron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as we saw in the episode, he was showing you've got mail. So, <laughs> Such a well, yeah. Importantly, he also showed them uh, the social network. Yes, right. which right. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, well there's five, technology inside yeah, your phone, so you're, <laughs> you're doing double, double work. Double work. Double learning. Double learning. So funny. I can never get enough of Big Head. But um, this was great, and of course, they work in Ehrlich as Big Head's TA of sorts um, to try to get the students to find and research food photos for this image recognition software. Did you guys think for a minute that the students would actually do the task that was assigned for them? I mean, I thought they would do it, but... Yeah. I, I did too. I, yeah, I actually I thought, thought they were going to have a little bit like, he's going to get in trouble or he's going to mm-hmm. get caught doing that, and they're going to have some sort of disaster that way, so... Yeah, I thought there might be some hiccup or something, but I didn't think it was going to work. The thing I loved about this was the reason none of the kids did it was because they didn't like the way he talked yeah. to Professor Baguette. If, 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 any, if anybody else came in and like subtly <laughs> signed it as a like you know a work to do, like it may have happened, but because of Ehrlich's attitude, right? It, <laughs> it would have been the easy route to be like we realized we were being exploited and we didn't want to do the right, work. Yeah. But we we didn't like the way you talked, to Professor Baguette. Yeah. <laughs> but what I loved about Big Head's reaction is he's just like, oh, you guys did that. Oh, that's so great. He's so happy for them. Like he's so <laughs> just invested in other people's happiness. He doesn't. <laughs> Character. I'm a successful so professor now. Yeah, right, exactly. And when they shout it out, they're like, well, we actually learned that from the social network. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> For those who are listening, he nodded in approval, which I yes. thought was a very funny joke. Yeah, it was good. Um, but then, of course, Coleman is in the class, and he's the reason that they weren't doing any of this digging. Even more so, now Coleman is actually kind of um, mining the class to develop their own Shazam for Food app. I, I did not see this twist coming at all either. This was great. Really funny, I thought. Absolutely. No, but I'm not surprised he went to Stanford because he always seemed like kind of a jerk. <laughs> kind but of a Stanford yeah. dude. Well, it's, well, but it was a, it, it's funny because it was a bit of a throwaway. Mm-hmm. But you're like, okay, well, why are they doing that? And it's like, oh, because we need to pay the hot dog joke <laughs> off. Yeah, absolutely. And it just all dovetailed together. It was so great. The, I agree. This was a really smart way to call back to the hot dog joke. And um, we did get a Lori Bream appearance. She's one of my favorite performances on the show. I'm trying to book Suzanne Cryer. But um, so much fun to see Lori. I loved the moment when um, Lori calls it penile recognition software. Yes. Right. And then, of course, Monica's like, oh, you mean dick pics? And she goes, mm-hmm. Monica. Monica. <laughs> She's like so offended. Um, but in the most Silicon Valley twist ever, Jin Yang pitches the hot dog recognition software as a dick pic filtering software and sells it to Periscope. Because he had a job interview at Periscope yes. and then he starts talking about this and then he leaves with $4 million. How did you guys feel about Jin Yang actually getting his payday here? I well, figured it was inevitable. It was coming. It was yeah. you, were, you knew it was going to happen where he was going to probably do better than anyone else All right, the show. so here's the big question on yes. the Jin Yang storylines. All of these episodes have been written and shot. Mm-hmm. They're done. So the writers and all the people don't know how much we're all enjoying the Jin Yang of it all. They're right. ge- they were guessing when they were writing it. They were hoping. Now, did they plan to pay that off in a big way for the season, or were they moving on somewhere else? So this will be really interesting going mm-hmm. forward. So does he become a main character that comes in and, and drives through a bunch more storylines with him, or is he out? 
is this the last we'll see of Jin Yang? And it's, the writers right now are like, uh-oh, what just happened? Yeah. Because everybody's loving it. Because that's what happens when you write. You're, right. you're a writer's guys in a room making each other laugh, hoping for the best, and you don't know what people are going to pick up on. Mm-hmm. You get the feeling that they like Jin Yang, though, so I would be surprised if we didn't see him again, but yeah. I feel like we won't see as much of him yeah. as we did in right. this episode. I would say the same yeah. thing, is that they've shown repeatedly throughout the show that even though they easily could have written him off at the beginning... They, they, I think they look for opportunities of like, all right, we can put we can put him here, mm-hmm. and it'll and it'll fit, and it'll be rewarding. I just wonder if that's an Ehrlich device. In, oh, in terms of <laughs> that gives they give that gives him something to play off of, right. and that we're imagine being in the writers' room saying like we're using the same right. joke over and over again. The it's a little racial stereotyping. Right. It's a little bit like, by the way, funny as hell. Yeah, but I could just see without the interaction with the audience. Uh-huh. Going, oh man! Like I wonder if people are gonna get feel this is a little stale. Like we're playing the same joke, right. the language barrier, the funny. Like, no, maybe they nailed it, and he's gonna come back in a bigger, better way, and and we'll all be in love with that. But we could be like, oh man, remember when they almost had Jin Yang through the whole season? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if if they are using it as just a catalyst to fuel Ehrlich's anger and his pa- his path. I do think we might see him here and there just to egg that on because I yeah. think that even from a plot perspective that could be a useful way to kind of use him from a writer's perspective but I hope we get more Jin Yang because But it's a clear exit though. Yeah. If you were if if Jin Yang was never going to appear again, that was the episode to do it. Right yeah, there. I mean, they there just they point, just laid it out there. There was a point early on where I felt like we weren't going to see Big Head ever again. So, mm-hmm. you know, you never know You what, never know. The, yeah, and even if we don't see him again this season, I'm sure we would see him next season. Well, and we haven't talked about this yet, but Jin Yang's buyout is only going to benefit Ed Chen, which in turn will only hurt Monica. And because Monica's a main character, I have a feeling all of that will tie in. Yeah, he's now a partner now, too. Yeah, exactly. So deal. I feel like we will see more Ed Chen and we will see more Jin Yang. And we were talking about this yesterday. They're an interesting pairing because one is a very predictable take, unlike the Asian stereotype, and one is a very unpredictable take, like the Asian bro. So I kind of like them as a partnership, and I'd love to see them play off each other a little bit. Well, even just to go off what he was saying about the Asian stereotype, one of the reasons why I really liked Jin Yang this episode, because I felt like a, a lot of his comedy was not coming from that. Mm-hmm. It was coming yeah. just from, like, great writing and the lines and, right. like, the delivery, which, of course, his, like, obviously over-exaggerated accent yeah. comes into play with how funny it sounds, but even just the concepts and, like, the whole dick pic thing, like, that could be anybody, and that would just be hilarious. Well, True. and they've just evolved the, his character a little bit. It, it used to be he barely said a word, right. and it was funny because of that, and he didn't understand anything. Right. And then when he brings the car and makes yeah. the jokes, the it's payoff. like, that's a big he says, uh, change, right? Uh, yeah. I have it here. He says, now the money is gone, dick is up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he puts the sunglasses on. And Where'd then, you get those sunglasses? <laughs> oh, from your mom. Your mom. Oh, your mom. Yeah. It was so, yeah. like, I was, like, applauding. Yeah. It was so good. It felt good. But it's yeah. weird because yeah. we have talked the last couple of weeks about how, as funny as the show is, there'll always be those moments that sort of, they're a little bit more poignant than you expect. Mm-hmm. And the idea that Jin Yang saw his reflection in the yellow Corvette, I was like, oh, yeah, I looked like an asshole. <laughs> right. So, and then, of course, that, uh, once again... You know, bests Bachman, who we see. I think that's the last shot of the episode. Is yeah. Yes, clearly looking and, like and, an asshole. And, but also another good callback is he goes, it, "Where's the fedora?" Yes, and he goes, <laughs> the fedora. American, yeah. American culture. You know, just don't now, understand. Here's the funny question: Do you think there's somebody out there right now with a yellow Corvette that watched <laughs> oh, that 100%. episode and was like, "Oh crap"? 
wearing a fedora. As long as you have a fedora, maybe they'll be. They can just throw the fedora. No, out, you cannot. You, no, <laughs> nobody in a yellow Corvette can pull that off. There is no version of pulling off a yellow Corvette, except for maybe Jen Yang, who I, I thought mean, maybe kind of awesome. He is definitely. I just think, but if you buy a yellow Corvette, you wouldn't get the subtleties one. of it. You know. <laughs> Okay, well, that, to me, covers most of the seafood subplot. I think we're going to explore that more, especially now that Raviga is tied into it. Um, yeah. But I, I no, hope we do. No, they're out. Raviga's out of seafood. They're gone. It's an acquisition. Uh, I mean, 4 but, million. sorry, but becoming gone. the Periscope, I think now that Jin Yang's t- technology is tied into Periscope with Raviga associated. No. But Ed Chen is it? No, Ed Chen is definitely somebody we're gonna keep seeing. Yes, and but, how it but, interacts with not, but not in relation. Oh, this is what I mean. Like, yeah. there's a good, there's a chance Jin Yang starts to just drifts away because he, he it was an acquisition to Periscope, which means Raviga has nothing to do with it anymore. They sold out because she even said in our strategy towards acquisitions, oh, meaning so like it was we a like complete whoosh, buyout. It was a complete buyout. Oh, okay. But so, Dinesh might be working there for. Well, that, right. that, that, was, the way, that was the way that that the whole storyline ended up, which of course was Gilfoyle sitting next to him. Yeah. So, so what do you do all day? And then you know Dinesh tries to yeah. that one might actually be a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, which was great. Such a good button. That was on the great. Yeah. So that's why I was worried about the Jin Yang because yeah. it, it, well, they tied up all the loose ends if they needed to. I guess that's true. Well, we'll see. I, I hope to see more of him. I um, do too. I feel like at the end of the season he's going to be everyone's boss. Yeah, so, you know that could be fun. They'll, they'll negotiate that somehow. Well, of course the other. Kind kind of acquisition that happens in this episode is a big one and that's Richard and Gavin partnering. Uh, this is the first scene we see of the episode. Richard approaching Gavin's house at 3 in the morning. We go inside and of course <laughs> Gavin's house has been completely destroyed due to a rage. <laughs> He's tantrum. just working through some things. Have you guys ever destroyed furniture owing to uh, professional frustration? Uh, romantic? Sure. <laughs> professional? Probably not. I don't think I have either. I'm oh. trying to... Uh... I'm going to say no, but the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that answer. Yeah, I have to. Uh, well, whether or not it's maybe like, you know, punching a hole in your closet door is one thing, but Gavin's house is completely destroyed. This was even just from a set design standpoint, I love this. I, this show does not hold back. Like, that was no. probably an expensive production cho- production design choice to make, but very effective and a very effective way yeah. to bring us into the episode. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting twist that I really appreciated. Gavin was like kind of hurt yeah. by Richard's candor. So emotional. Did yeah. you guys see this coming at all? No, I, I didn't see it coming, but I thought that this was fascinating to see Gavin mm-hmm. so vulnerable. And then as he went on, you're like, yeah, Richard, you're definitely being a dick right now. <laughs> this guy is hurting, and you're like, oh, just let me just try and outsmart you and just sign this little piece of paper. Right. And I thought that was very funny. He's like, he first he calls him mean, and then he goes on to call him a sadist. And of yeah. course, he sets his couch on fire. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I oddly felt for Gavin uh, in that moment which I didn't think was something this show could ever accomplish but uh, well done in that respect yeah that might partly go to Matt Ross's performance I think he's very very good yeah and we were talking last week just so talented he wrote and directed Hunt for the Wilder People which I don't know if any of you guys saw that movie With he was Oscar Viggo Mortensen was Oscar nominated for that movie this year the guy who plays Gavin Belson wrote and directed that movie so I don't know what he can't do but great movie by the way Um, so with this development, of course, there's more fracturing within the initial Pied Piper team. So um, all of the members of the incubator have to choose whether or not they kind of want to, you know, join Richard or do their own thing. What did you guys think of sort of this exploration of plot? Uh, this felt like one of those sort of like throwaway plot moments mm-hmm. because we kept, everybody knows how that's going to kind of go. Right. But the one part of the scene that I found almost the most fascinating is... 
when Richard started writing out the formula on the picture mm -hmm. and Gavin starts asking questions, as a viewer, did you not feel like you understood what they were explaining? Oh, because, like you, yeah. you just you knew like oh, connecting the the phones and they have more power now and the the, the score he got at the tech crunch mm -hmm. like it's like being on the Starship Enterprise where they're like it's all warp drive and made up stuff. Yeah. Yet as a viewer, you kind of understood like the concept around his sort of neural pathway that he's going to create around yeah. these phones, and I found that to be like amazing. Where it's like. It's all gibberish, but they've done such a good job of layering it mm -hmm. that it's like, I kind of knew where this business was going, and I understood why their concepts work. And so it, I think that helped to make everybody connect to the why you would be with Belson mm -hmm. and make it okay so that he could bring the other guys with him because otherwise they're just like selling out for the money or why would they go do it otherwise? They had to make it feel like this was a real breakthrough in technology. Well, I think they've also done a really good job of showing how passionate Richard is about the project, mm -hmm. um, just in general, of him creating the new internet and how much he really feels like it's going to change the world and change things and how that is the proper you know use for his algorithm that he's yeah. created. So that with the combination <laughs> of the fact that it could actually happen now definitely yeah. gives them some motivation to get beyond the we hate Gavin Belson thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent point. And whenever you set a show in a very specific world, you want to cater to those people. Like my roommate's a cloud computing engineer who loves the show just because of the insider's look at tech. But for those who aren't, like us, they do a really good job of kind of holding your hand. And you, and you can enjoy the show if you don't know a lot about this kind of world, or you can whether or not you do. Um, but it is interesting because, like, I know what, like, a Weissman score is now, to yeah. your point. And, like, that's a really – that's credit to the writers. Well, and yeah. I think some people will know what a Weissman score is and not even know that it's a real thing. They yeah. might have thought it was just a TV thing. Mm -hmm. But they still know what it is and what it does. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? It's a really good point you bring up. And uh, it's the show's an excellent job with that. Um, so I think one of my favorite things during this subplot was, of course, watching Jared handle the news. Um, we got oh, some amazing – Jared moments in this. Um, I liked the subtle wave goodbye. Yeah, I actually took the note of that because that's, again, another one of those really heartfelt moments because Jared's just so upset. He's like, just that wave. It's just like, Jared, you're breaking my heart. No. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, but I also liked uh, that we got from Jared. We got a big huzzah at one point. Because, yeah, uh, we did get a huzzah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Brant, to sort of go back to the idea of sitting down with Gavin, you know, as, as someone who has had the kind of success in business you have, you know, on TV, a lot of times it's like, no, I'll never work with that person. I hate them. But you have to work with people you hate all the time. I mean, oh my sure. god, all the time. And you know, you're just like, <laughs> like I, right I, now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah there's that the way, too. Obviously, you know, the the skill is not learning how to work with someone you hate. The skill is making sure the person you hate doesn't know you hate them. <laughs> right. I think that's, that's what that's what Hollywood and the business of entertainment is hmm. because the rewards are massive. And so you keep relationships because you don't know where anybody's going to be. So if you don't personally vibe with someone, you don't like the way they do things, they screw you over, you still may be able to use that relationship and no one's willing to burn that bridge. Yeah. And so that is very real in the world. It's like, oh, if you have a chance. And there's buyers like that that I've gone through where the entire community absolutely despises someone who's working at one of these networks. And we all talk about that as producers, yet we'll all go pitch them shows and <laughs> you want to be friends with them and then you because you know how much business is at stake there and so there really is no I'll never work with that now there there are a few people that you go and do that but you got to like calculate the risk of that and I did that once I had a, I had a network executive that was just such a dick <laughs> and it bothered me so much but is it a very small network 
he was at a point in his career where I couldn't see him getting a bigger job at any point. And I just said, I said, you know what? We could just, we can finally say all the things and tell him to go fuck himself, basically. <laughs> and so we talked about it at a company. We decided to do that. We we're just like, yeah, no, we're not working with you anymore. Go away. And so I sort of used that as like, okay, I'm going to put all my negativity yeah. on you. And now I can be ass kisser all day to everybody else. I'll get the catharsis out in that yeah. one moment. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so Jared has some great moments. Uh, I liked when he, they're looking to hire, is it Brett? I can't remember the name of the old employee. Yeah. Yes. Brant. Brett Saxon. Yeah, Brett Saxon. Mm -hmm. But um, Jared, of course, says, no, he's tardy and fresh. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to go with that. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we also see moment, another great, I just have to shout out these Jared moments. Um, of course, Richard jokes, Jared, you'd never actually murder anyone, would you? And his answer is just laughing. <laughs> just la but the best line was convince them to commit suicide. Yeah. Like, I don't care what it takes. Like I'll scalp That's the greatest those. thing. Yeah. I'll shoot them. I'll stab them. I'll strangle them. I'll, commit, I'll convince them to commit he, suicide. He's half crazed, half Apache. Yeah. He'll scalp them. And then, those yeah, pale-faced <laughs> sons of bitches. Yeah. That was brilliant. Wow. We also learned he grew up in a group home, another Jared, a group home for boys. And, um, See, I thought we knew that because it seems so appropriate for his character. <laughs> I didn't realize we didn't know that until you just said that. Yeah. Um, do you guys think we'll see Jared snap? Is that are we approaching oh, yeah. that or? Yeah. Is this just Jared? I think it might just be Jared. I think he's gonna. I think he's. I think he's gonna cross a line at some point. Yeah. And everyone's gonna freak out, and Richard's gonna have to be like. Take, take, walk, talk him off. Yeah. Talk him down I, from the I ledge. I think he might feel if he feels Richard is threatened by uh, Gavin Belson in some way, then I think we might see yeah, him I mean, actually he, freak out. He already tried to threaten him with the with the cheese knife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, already, that was he good. gave him the dagger eyes. Yeah, yeah it was great. Um, so of course, the only two remaining are Gilfoyle and Dinesh. They have to make their decisions. Um, Gilfoyle and Richard have this kind of interesting dynamic where each kind of wants the other but doesn't want to admit they want the other, and both kind of end up having to beg and of course there's the chortle my balls line um, but they do and then Dinesh does not Dinesh sticks with the for other. now for now yeah do you guys think Dinesh is going to be looking at dick pics for the next year do you no. think he'll chase he'll, he'll be over soon and maybe just looking at dick pics for fun on the side <laughs> right yeah. probably trying to look his way out of that one yeah. I, have, well, I, have, I, think the, I think the dick pic thing is going to come back around with Mia too I do too yeah. that was exactly that what I was going to say was now that Dinesh has maybe. this hacker girlfriend I don't know I think yeah. it's all going away <laughs> do you yeah I just that's my gut instinct yeah. is that they're going to the, something's going to happen where all they all they need in the scene is Dinesh comes and says I can't do this anymore please let me join you yeah he does that. That's the end of Jin Yang for the season. That's the end of the uh, dick pic stuff. That all wraps, and they move on to something else. That could easily happen. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. And if worst case happen, it does happen, you can be sure it'll be a big, huge, fun thing for the next season. For sure. Because they'll realize, oh, man, everybody loved this. Absolutely. And, and by the way, Seinfeld went through this as well with mm -hmm. Newman. Yeah. Where it was like, holy crap, people love that character. Mm -hmm. And then they had very, very little in that season of him. And then they bring him back and write up whole episodes with him. So Definitely. I just want more jokes like the not safe for work but it is for <laughs> but you. But it is your work. It's <laughs> brilliant. Um, Gilvoyle is pretty good. He's, he's my favorite. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite performance. Too. We drink the same beer. So yeah. Oh, well, then he loves that yeah. beer. Always nursing that beer. Um, well, I feel like for the most part, that covers most of the plot in this episode. If there's anything I'm missing, we can talk about it now. Um, but with that, we might as well get into some predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. So I'm interested in Mia because we met her last episode and she kind of existed in a satellite way this episode, literally, I guess. Um, but 
So you think the dick pic thing might tie in to Mia dating Dinesh? Potentially. I think I do think it will it's gonna have some type of impact based on all the conversation of her being aware of everything that's going on in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just I've been a fan of this plot line since they introduced her right. and especially because I love Guilfoyle, the interaction with her and Guilfoyle. Yeah. So I know there's got to be more to it and so the constant pulling back to it and adding notes here and there is I'm I'm excited just to see whatever whatever's going to happen as far as what's going to happen I don't know I think I think somehow the her relationship with Guilfoyle is going to put Dinesh in a bad spot obviously but how that plays out I I'm sure I could come up with something but I'm sure it's going to be completely different (laughs) than whatever I think is going to be yeah, I agree. This has been an interesting... What about general predictions? Anything that you guys kind of foresee in the next five episodes? Six episodes. This is episode four. Uh, well, I stand by my assessment that Jin Yang is going to have everybody working for him by the end of the season. <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, Monica will get a office a little bit away from the men's room by the end of the season. Uh, and also, I mean, as, as far as me is concerned, you know, it was introduced and we talked about this. We thought it was that sort of thing where... Oh, okay, but she really loves Guilfoyle and she's going to leave Dinesh. No, I think she's using him in a completely different way, and it's basically to destroy Guilfoyle, and that's the only reason she's with Dinesh. So yeah. I think that that's where we'll see that play out, and you know, I think Guilfoyle will eventually be afraid to leave the house, much like Dinesh was <laughs> in the course of this episode. Yeah. I think also in, in larger terms, too, that we might, in terms of like the season, that we're moving towards... Um, like a next phase, I think maybe because I, I really feel like the company with Gavin Belson is going to be successful, and I think that may actually create an issue as to where it becomes very successful, and then mm-hmm. it's like they can't be operating out of that house anymore, and so there might be a change in the status quo in some case by the end of the season. I think that this might be the season for that, where it would be okay, especially with the development of the characters, so yeah. that they're not just you know these little prop up pieces; they're actually characters. I think that we can have them in a different space and still have a good dynamic and still have a great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think if you go back to sort of like if you look okay these guys wrote this before the season started it's right. already in the can where would they be going Gavin Belson was a clearly a play for them so he's going to be a key character my guess if I was writing this I would have Richard and Gavin have a very close relationship where Richard's the only one defending him and the one who's protecting him and everybody else is against him and that will be probably one of their core uh, conflict areas through mm-hmm. the rest of the season mm-hmm. and that piece of it. And then me, of course, will be coming in in a big way because they've set that up from the beginning um, and they've been playing towards that. And again, if you're writing that in the writer's room before this ever airs, that's probably a, a season-long run mm-hmm. that you're getting to make a you know sweep through. So, so I could expect off. both those are going to come into play yeah. in a big way. That's a really good point. Mia may even come into like endangering the company at yeah. some point. Yeah. That's kind of what I foresee is that um, she might try to use that to leverage some kind of like ransom. I mean, that's not quite the right word, but you know, like using this or, sensitive material to leverage something. Or getting Dinesh to leave right. altogether. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot. Because they're going to be a big Well, major they need a company. foil, right? They need yeah. a foil. You can't use Gavin as a foil mm-hmm. again because he's he's a pretty shallow character in the sense that he's such a goofball and so, you know, stereotypical in that corporate way so right. you can't play that same card again yeah. so you gotta come up with another way of doing that and you need a foil and she'll probably end up being that they've sort of had everybody be the foil the right. venture capitalist guys or whatever so they need a new one this could be a good one well we also have Action Jack Barker and that's what I'm really excited to see is you know with Gavin's departure I don't know if it was made official but I'm assuming Jack Barker might have taken his position at Hooli did we ever learn that or I'm, I'm, I think so okay. I'm pretty, yeah. I think it was just implied yeah 
um, with the um, way that he expressed like, right, the, the story. Right, the way that he kind of saw him out. Led him into um, So I'm really excited for Jack Barker to kind of take the shoes that Gavin was wearing and to see them buttheads. Um, I don't know. What's, I'm interested in that reaction. I don't think you're going to see much of Jack Barker either. You don't, you no, don't think Hooli's going to be? I'm actually on that bus. I, don't I think, think Hooli will see. be. Hooli's going to take a back seat for a long time. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to hear about Hooli on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the interesting thing They'll is. They'll talk about Hooli like they did in this episode. It's an expensive right. set for yeah, a little payoff Yeah, I think it's a long play where I, I think you guys are right that it won't happen this year, but I think that's a much bigger yeah. storyline that well, they build just, towards. They will adjust how this all plays out right. depending on the feedback or basically this show will dictate what next season looks like well th- we do ultimately know that if Gavin and Richard's venture is successful it could completely dismantle Huli because if Huli's a server based tech service and this new ser- like the new development with Richard and Gavin is could potentially dethrone all of that so I'm interested to see how all that will play out um, I'm interested to just see I feel like I've wanted to see more with I feel like they're using Monica a lot and that hasn't really paid off yet so I hope we see more with that at Raviga and I say this every episode but Lori Bream is one of my favorite characters well show, and that's so. going to be their uh, that's really fascinating because Lori's like someone you desperately need mm-hmm. she's hard to work into episodes because unless she's intimately connected to the guys which right. basically they have come at every version of how to get them connected to each other yeah. so I can't see any organic way that they're involved right. and Monica as a go-between is even less relevant mm-hmm. so but you need those characters so right. I'm they will find a way to yeah. tie them all together agreed it will probably be a really thin you know sort of bullshit way but nobody's going to care because I just like them so much. So. Absolutely. Which is kind and that's of, okay. That's kind of how the show The show, the show yeah. Basically the couple episodes there. We're yeah. already like that. That's fine. Yeah. Well, and we'll judging from the scenes from next week, it's going to be, at least part of it will involve Lori in terms of, you know, the possible, the threat of a coup there in the office. Yeah. Or at least that's what, uh, what Bachman's told. So I think we'll see a lot of her next week. Absolutely. Well, I guess with that, guys, that finishes our coverage of season four, episode four of Silicon Valley. Um, thanks so much for joining today. Again, this is After Buzz TV. If you guys are listening to the podcast, thanks so much. Go ahead and hop on iTunes and give us a rating if you'd like. If you're watching, um, you can always comment. We get back to those, and we love seeing what you guys have to say. In the meantime, my name is Jeff Graham. If you guys want to find me on Twitter, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. And I'd love for the rest of the panel to see us out. Brent. Uh, well, I'm Brent Pinvidic at Brent Pinvidic, and you can catch up my new podcast at whyimnot.com mm-hmm. slash iTunes. Uh, and again, guys, it's Nate Miller. You can find me at Dog Like Nate on iTunes. Wow, on iTunes. You got me all tongue twisted. Yeah. <laughs> on so Twitter and Instagram. I was so excited. <laughs> now I, I have to listen to your podcast. Uh, and I also host... Um, Better Call Saul. Yes, yes. Which I'll be doing <laughs> later tonight. Yeah. Uh, I'm Christian Blatt. You can find me at Christian DMZ. And you might even occasionally see or hear me on the Why I'm Not podcast at whyimnot.com. Yes. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next Monday at 4 p.m. And until then, have a great week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.